eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W. Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. This is season one, episode 53 of the Fly the W670 podcast, the Cubs Winter Meeting Madness. I'm Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show on weekdays, 530 to 10 on 670 to score, of course. Your radio home for Cubs baseball. I'm going to bring Crawley in in a minute, but don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all our socials. Fly the W670 on Twitter and Instagram, Fly the W on Facebook, and or email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Crowley, how are you on this fine Sunday evening? It took a couple days to recover from the Club 400 Christmas party, but uh, I, I think I'm starting to get back. Okay, I'm I'm doing all right, man. <laughs> anything you can uh, share? I mean, it is a podcast, so pretty much anything goes. Anything you want right, to share right, about right, that, right. Uh, no, that you night? Know, it was it's uh, the Cubs Club 400 Christmas party is the best party of the year. It just is. I don't know. Everyone's in a festive mood. Uh, this year we had the salute to uh, South Bend, the South Bend Cubs. It was really awesome. We had uh, the owner of the South Bend Cubs, Andrew Berlin, was there. Uh, two prospects. Uh, we had um, top prospect uh, Brennan Davis, and we had top pitching pros- one of the top pitching prospects in Cole Franklin. And so I got to spend a couple days with those guys, man. And, uh, you know, you never know with prospects and what the future holds. All I can tell you is that they are really two fantastic high-character kids, and, and, and I'm, I'm absolutely rooting for them. But we had a lot of fun. Uh, our friend Brendan King, who's been on the show before, he came out. He brought the South Bend Trophy, the championship trophy. Nice. So got some pictures with that. And and, and uh, everyone just had a blast, man. We had a band out there. Uh, you know, every, everyone had a good time. That's, that's all I can say is that, uh, you know, it was a wild one. Um, <laughs> it always is. But but these guys understood what it was all about. And and, and they, they're 100% in on the, on the Cubs organization. And, and they want to do good things for this team. Awesome. All right, so Crawley, we are in the midst of the hot stove, and it is starting to boil over. We had a pretty uh, sizable move happen, uh, depending on what time you went to bed on Friday. At some point, late Friday night, we had some big, big news. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom signs a five-year, $185 million 
dollar contract. That is million, 185 for Jacob DeGrom. Um, he's only 26. He only made 26 starts since opening day 2021. So, Dustin, you and I have talked about this before. We were nervous about writing a big check for a guy that has that history of injuries. And he's, he, you know, it's, it reminds me a lot of Kerry Wood, where all of a sudden it's just like, it never seems like there's an end to it. You know what I mean? Like, right. okay, we're gonna we're starting them up, we're shutting them down. We're starting them up, we're shutting them down. I'm 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 glad that the, obviously the Cubs didn't spend that money, but at the same time, it does make you nervous because money that was earmarked for Jacob Degrom from the Mets, um, obviously they have money to spend elsewhere now. So we'll see what happens. But that's really we'll the first big go. domino. Right. Yeah. I thought I read something like he made four hundred thousand dollars a start because he was not available very often for the Mets. So um, good for good for Jacob DeGrom and all his connections. And because it's the Texas Rangers, it'll end up not working out for either side, <laughs> typical of them. Um, and since the Cubs really don't have to deal with the Texas Rangers, I really don't care. Now, you know, the Cubs have been mentioned a lot over the week. Uh, we're starting to finally hear something from the hot stove, and it, it's just a question of what you think here. It's, and, you know, so the Cubs were connected through Dan to Dansby Swanson, you know, one of the big four shortstops. I think you and I, Dustin, both agree out of the four, he's the one that you and I would be least excited about. Um, but that was John Morosi and John Heyman, John Heyman of uh, Odyssey uh, Sports. Um, connecting the Cubs to Dansby Swanson. And then Xander Bogarts was connected to the Cubs by Bob Nightingale and a gentleman named Marino Pepin, who's the Spanish play-by-play announcer for the Red Sox. So it's not like uh, a nobody, you know what I mean? Here's a guy that's in the know. Now, you know, who fed him that information, that can always be questionable as well. But, uh, you know, it's it's good to see. You know, he, he wrote that the Cubs are very interested and offers should be coming shortly. So... Uh, things are heating up for the Cubs a little bit here, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, Bogarts, obviously, I'd, I'd be happy. He's the oldest of the four shortstops, but uh, he's, he's a really good, I think he's a really good shortstop. I think he's a really good hitter, and, and I think he'd be a guy most, you know, if you needed a move to third base, I think he's someone that could move over to third base without creating a lot of issues, you know what I mean? That's what I like the best about him, Crawley. That, that's what I like best about him, is that he could play third if you needed to, if you needed to go that route. Um, let, let's talk about Dan, Dan's, Dansby Swanson for a second. Right. Would you rather take, let's say, the 175 to $190 million that you'd have to pay Dansby Swanson and if that's if that's the only guy left for the Cubs, would you rather they take that money, use it elsewhere, and go ahead and settle in on Nico Horner as your shortstop? The issue, more than anything here, I I, I think they have to get one of the shortstops. Now, obviously, you know that I've wanted uh, Correa more than anybody, and the reason is is who is the one guy on the Cubs that strikes fear in the pitchers' hearts right now? And this lineup is currently constructed. I don't see anybody that 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 no that, no, uh, no yeah no. striking the fear no Mm-mm. no no. And so that's to me, you know, when you talk about uh, Trey Turner, I think he's really really good. Uh, but you know, you know, he has power. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't, but you know, he's known a lot for having speed as well. But I'm I'm looking for a guy that's going to be somebody that can, like I said, that pitchers are are fearful of, that they want to pitch around, that they that the guy hitting before him gets a good look at bat because they don't want to see. Um, uh, Correa. So, you know, the the point of this is, is that, and we talked about it before, the, the holes in the offense are so much, you have to start building somewhere. And that's why I am, you know, so bullish on Correa. And if we get Bogarts, I'd be happy too. Um, because like I said, I think he's someone that's, uh, would be more open to moving to wherever the Cubs would need him to play. Um, but, but the, the Cubs need holes. And so the Cubs have holes that they need to fill. And it was interesting because I read the uh, most recent article uh, by Patrick Mooney and Sahad of Sharma and the Athletic. They always, you know, they always are kind of, uh, you know, tuned into what's going on. And it says multiple multiple agents remain skeptical of the Cubs' eagerness to spend huge money on one player this offseason, season, forecasting a winter of diversified investments, value signings, and players who could be flipped for prospects at next year's trade deadline if the team underperforms. Okay, so it, it, it goes on to say these observations aren't criticisms as much as they're an acknowledgement that the Cubs have so many holes and question marks on their roster. 
Um, so, you know, at this point, that, that that's not something that's going to, you know, excite Cub fans if we're just going to get, you know, lottery tickets is what it sounds like. If we're going to start flipping guides and stuff, it sounds like, Dustin, that they don't want to spend big. And, and you're talking about Dansby Swanson. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're content to go ahead and get Nico Horner and then go ahead and, again, try a train Mancini. Try, try a couple guys that you hope can have a turnaround, Cody Bellinger, guys that can have a, a, a season where they're going to flip again. But for Cub fans, you know, it, it's difficult because you, this is, you know, we, we just did that the last, you know, you did that when you had the core uh, with Rizzo and Bryant and Bison. You did the flip, right? You did that with you, Darvish. You flipped him. He was the first to get flipped. And then last year, there was a whole lot of players that were flipped and a couple that they tried to flip that they didn't, you know? Um, so all, all the guys that the Cubs had in the bullpen last year that they were able to flip and get some pretty good pitchers on, you know? Um, so, at this point, it looks like if they're not going to get one of the big shortstops, then I think they're going to be content on signing um, guys that they believe will have success. And and if they do and the Cubs are not doing so well, then flip them and, and try to get more prospects. But it, to me, um, I don't know. It, it just – I think Cub fans deserve better personally. Absolutely. I, I, let's put it this way. If they do miss out on the top three – and let's say they feel like I do, that maybe Swanson is just a tick better in the big picture than what they currently have as a starting shortstop. I mean, they'll have no other play but to do what Mooney and Sharma are suggesting here. But let's at least see them, for lack of a better term, strike out with all top three. I, I don't. Dansby, to me, is like 1A. Um, I, I don't think he belongs in the same category as the other three guys. He's good, but the other three guys I think are special. I don't think Swanson's special. Um, so let's hope that they're wrong, but we have to see what that first that first signing is going to be. Something else, Crowley, that I talked to you offline about was this uh, four-letter network poll done by Jesse Rogers where he got in touch with some uh, MLB front office types, and they were... Um, guessing, if you will, where some of the top guys are going to go. And we thought it'd be a good idea to walk people through it if they hadn't seen it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, you know, talked to, like you said, front office uh, executives, MLB insiders, right. And, and voters were assured anonymity so they could say what they think. Uh, one question was brought up. Will Aaron judge get a package worth more than 320 million? Seven of them said yes. Four of them said no. Um, out of the, the guys that they polled, six of them see think he's going to stay with the Yankees, three with the Dodgers, and two with the Giants, which surprised me. I would have put the Giants over the Dodgers, but you never know. Well, they're the ones who've got money, and you know they always have money, and they seem to have freed up some more, even though they can spend whatever they want, obviously. Right. Now, which shortstop will get the most dollars and years in free agency? Obviously, Cub fans interested in this one. Uh, seven of them said Trey Turner and five said Carlos Correa. So as we talked about, Dustin, those were the two guys that we kind of knew were, were the big dogs out of that group of four happy with Bogarts. If you got them and, and Dansby, you know, for you and I are just kind of a shoulder shrug. You know what I mean? Right. And everybody right now, it seems like is making the connection that Trey Turner is going to be a Philly and it's basically a done deal. Just, we don't have terms. And, and, and let's let's kind of remember that, you know, everyone said the same thing about uh, Bryce Harper coming to the Cubs, right? Best friends with Chris Bryant, named his dog Wrigley. We all read the tea leaves. He was coming here. <laughs> you, you, you never know. So, you know, maybe maybe they're right. But, but this is where it's fun but frustrating for fans is that there's a lot of information and misinformation and disinformation to kind of try to pit – teams against each other to, you know, to, to, to freak out agents. There's all sorts of different things going on. So, you know, um, obviously we talked about DeGrom off the board, which leads Verlander is probably the top pitcher on the free agent market. But the question that Jesse asked is other than Verlander and DeGrom, which pitcher would provide the most value? Carlos Rodon, Kodai Senga, Tajon Walker, or Chris Bassett. And so Bassett got five votes. He was just with the Mets, uh, had a great season last year, great bounce back season. Um, we're all familiar with Carlos Rodon and Kodai Senga. Um, so Bassett got five, Rodon got five, and Senga got two. So, you know, uh, we've, we've talked about, you know, my desire to get Kodai Senga over here. Chris Bassett is another popular name, and I've heard him connected with the Cubs. That would be I, – I, Chris Bassett does more for me than, than Senga. I'm just being honest because we've seen what he can do against – 
major league hitters, um, and that would also potentially weaken the Mets, assuming that they don't get somebody like Rodon. Right, or, or Verlander. So, you know, obviously the Mets are frustrated that they lost, so they got money to spend. So uh, you know how their owner is, Steve Cohen. He's a guy that uh, doesn't doesn't shy away from big contracts. So, uh, you know, I, Kodai still is the one for me that that, that provides, like I said, I, I still dream of having Kodai Senga, uh, Seiya Suzuki, and Shohei Otani on the same team after next after this season, so I'm keeping my fingers <laughs> crossed. And then I one of the it. last, right. yeah. I'm always thinking big here. As far as uh, which team outside of yours will make the biggest splash in the offseason, three said the Giants, two said the Phillies, two said the Rangers, and this was before the Degrom deal. Two said Dodgers, and then the Red Sox, Yankees, and Cubs all had one. So, in general, you know, you're seeing the, the big market teams up there, other than the Rangers. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, interesting. It seems like every big name is connected to the Giants, except for um, except for maybe Trey Turner. Everybody, it seems like, is connected to the Giants in one way or the other. They're not going to get everybody, but they're looking to spend and looking to redo things out there. Now, this was interesting. I thought they they voted who would be the most notable traded player, uh, no, notable player traded this winter. Sean Murphy got three votes. Pablo Lopez from the Marlins got three votes. And I saw, I've seen him pitch a bunch, and he's really good. Lucas Giolito on the south side of town uh, had a horrible season for him. him. Could he bounce back somewhere else? Brian Reynolds, he has already demanded a trade from Pittsburgh, a center fielder who always hits crazy at Wrigley. Um, Corbin Burns, I mean, boy, oh boy, Dustin, you know, at the All-Star break, I think the Brewers were in first place in the division and they they traded, uh, you know, their closer, Hader, Josh Hader, and now it's just an absolute teardown, it looks like. I mean, I'd be very happy with Corbin Burns, but I doubt they're going to trade him within the division, much like Brian Reynolds. I don't see that yeah, happening I either. That, you know? I, yeah, I, I don't think either one of those two things would happen. But the Cubs, I do think, have the type of assets that the Pirates would be all about. True. And then you have Fernando Tatis Jr. had one vote and Colton Wong, you know, had a vote on there too. I, I thought he just got moved. And he's been moved, right? He Colton moved to Wong's Seattle. Over. He's yeah. a Mariner, right? He's a Mariner. Yeah, he went now. to Seattle. Yeah. So yeah. Tatis Jr. obviously has uh, irritated the, the San Diego front office a ton. Um, they obviously got Juan Soto. Uh, you know, the shortstop that they had w- was doing an admiral job filling in. So I don't, I don't know if, uh, you know, that's a possibility, but I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people in San Diego, the way that uh, Tatis got injured with that stupid motorcycle accident, messing around, not telling the team about it and then getting popped for PEDs. Not great. Not great is right. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. Don't forget to listen, download, review, subscribe to Fly the W podcast. And right now, we're going to talk to Kenzie and Roman. Uh, Kenzie, part of B96 now. Roman used to be B96 US 99. They're working with the Marquee Network, and they're doing a holiday special from the Winterland over at Gallagher Way. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, we have Kenzie Kramer and Justin Roman. They are the hosts of the MVP show on Marquee Network. And guys, good to see you, but you also got to host the Winterland Holiday Special live from Wrigley. Yes. How are yes. you doing today? 
We're recovering. My voice just came back. You're lucky. You asked us to do the podcast on the right day. Yeah, yesterday she was rough, man. We couldn't have done this yesterday at all. I know. <laughs> it was it was a dream, man. So Friday night we uh we were asked by Marquis to host the live show. The, you already said the, the name Winterland Holiday Special Live from Wrigley, and it's basically it was showing all of Chicago who couldn't make it down. The inside uh, Wrigley Field, the Winterland, which is amazing. The, yeah, it's almost like this winter carnival yeah. inside of Wrigley, which is really cool. Yeah, and then um, also leading up to the tree lighting ceremony, and we were the hosts on the live show, which is really cool. We had Keegan Thompson out there. Yes. We had Tom Ricketts out there, yes. and a bunch of crazy Cub fans, and it was it was a dream, right? It I really, mean, well, it was an absolute blast. Yeah. It was like so fun to kick off the holiday season. Obviously. We've done New Year's in the past, and yeah. it felt like that. It, kind of, it had like a New Year's Eve it energy did. with the tree lighting, the confetti cannons, which yeah. actually almost got him right in the head. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> we almost had a lawsuit on our hands. Although I would never see the that level. I but, know. But we're walking out. So Tom Ricketts walks out first, like off of the stage. We're getting yeah. ready for the big countdown. Then Kenzie and then me. I'm last. And the confetti uh, gun or, or cannon yeah. blew and literally like my ear. And I was like, I mean, a little bit behind, it would have been all over my face. And like, it's a powerful, powerful boom, but I'm okay. I'm okay. No worries. And, uh, but Ken- Kenzie, that, that's some one of the benefits of being shorter like you and me. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a problem. That thing could have went off aimed right at my face. Me and Tom, we were in danger, but yeah, you guys were okay. I was good right. to go. No, but probably it was a dream. It really was a dream come true, man. It was yeah, awesome. Absolutely. You know, it's the funny thing is we were having the, the holiday party over the Christmas party over at Club 400 and we had it on all the TVs. Oh, and, so you know, it was so cool because I've I've been to uh, the, the uh, Gallagher Way, the Winterfest for years and years, but it was always outside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I went when they had it for the season ticket holders. Yeah. They had it opened up during the day and I went 133, but I haven't seen it at night yet. Uh, and oh, and oh, so uh, we are, you know, it, it, when you saw it on TV, I think it really is interesting for people that just don't understand what a cool venue and what did it, what there is to do around there. I mean, obviously everyone knows the nightlife and all that stuff right around the bars are all kind of Christmas theme, but just that whole vibe down there, the Chris Kindle market and the ice skating and all the fun things. It's just a blast for the family. And you guys just, it looked like you were having so much fun there. Uh, that's cool, man. They, first off, we're sorry we weren't at the club 400 Christmas party. We were yes. invited. We were supposed to go, but then this came up kind of last minute. And I mean, and I, you could tell we weren't lying. Yeah, we, right. were, we were not making it up. We couldn't yeah. come because of this. <laughs> yeah. but, but to your point, we actually, as season ticket holders as well, we went on Monday at, uh, was it 3 to 4.30? We 4 did 30. 3 as well, yeah. So it was during the day. kind of got a little darker at night. So we had that daytime experience as well, which, by the way, still beautiful, still so awesome. Less. But you're right. At nighttime with the lights all there, it's on a whole really different cool. level. And I would tell people, like, listen, we don't work directly for the Cubs. We aren't getting paid for this, right? But I will tell people, whether you're a Cubs fan or not, if you're a Chicago fan and you have a family or you're on a date or whatever it is, like, it is a really cool thing to be inside Wrigley Field, ice skating, ice slides. On the field. Uh, That's the thing. It's such yeah. a different perspective of, like, like Wrigley Field is, it's iconic. And it's beautiful to everybody, you know, here. Like, we would, we would categorize it yeah. as beautiful. But it really is, even if you're not a baseball fan, like it's such a beautiful way to see it. And like to imagine, like I, I always freak out when I think of like left field and right field. Yeah. And like, like how tiny you are to cover all that space. It looks kind of like on TV. <laughs> it, it looks like you should be able to catch that. Yeah. It's like not for a million dollars could I make it to the Ivy in enough time to catch a ball. Like when yeah. you're on that field, it's kind of a cool perspective because it looks so different when you're sitting and looking at Wrigley Field and being on the field, totally, you know? Totally. Now, Justin, as you mentioned, uh, you're, you're a season ticket holder. We've been season ticket holders roughly around the same amount of time, which means we're old. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you've been – have you been a Cub fan your whole life growing up? Because I remember listening to you on the radio for many years, and has that always been a passion of yours? Always, dude, always. I mean, I, I fell in love with the 1984 team. That was, that, was, that was the team that made me fall deeply in love with the Cubs. Um, Ryan Sandberg was my, is to this day my favorite player. Like that, that team just, uh, it caught me, man. It, it, whether you want to say I, I got cursed because of it or I fell in love for the first time because of it, either way I was hooked. Um, my parents, I was lucky enough, my, my father, he worked in the car uh, business, right? So his, his direct boss had, they were, back then they were called club box seats, nine rows behind the Cubs dugout. Okay. Mm. So, and it was only day, daytime games back then, as you know. So my parents were so cool. They took us, me and my sister out of, out of school like 20 times a year to go to Cubs games. I mean, my teacher's probably like, who are these kids? But like, <laughs> but like, it was a really important thing in my family to go to these Cubs games, you know? And I will say, you know, having that experience of like nine rows behind the Cubs dugout, 
when I got to be an adult and didn't have those tickets anymore, back in 2004, I literally was a season ticket for the very first time. And those weren't the seats that were available. <laughs> Nor could I afford those seats, right? Like I was in the upper deck at I think 434 was my first section. And so, but I, I'll tell you what, there isn't a bad seat in the house at Wrigley Field. Every perspective is awesome. But yeah, it was a huge deal in my family. And um, I mean, we went year after year after year. We used to go to Arizona on uh, for spring training. That was like our big family trip every single year was to Mesa, Arizona. Back then it was Ojo Camp Park. And it was a big deal, man. Uh, the, the Cubs are a big part of uh, my family's life. And thankfully I met a girl who moved here about four and a half years ago. And she, she not only took in my Cubs psychoness, but she embraced it and fell in love herself. Right. Yeah. I fed the beast. So yeah. to speak. <laughs> so, so Kenzie, you meet this guy and, and, and he's all things Cubs. What was that like for you coming here and experiencing, you know, cause it's, it's hard to find another fan base really comparable to what we we are right. the way that we well, are. Well, <laughs> I wasn't like a newbie to that because my dad is from Chicago. Okay. So I grew up a huge Bears fan and huge Cubs fan. I would say my family was probably more of a football family growing up. Yeah. My dad's a little intense, a little rugged. <laughs> okay. So we grew up like that. But we used to take trips to Chicago all the time for Bears games. We would fly up and watch Bears games. So Wrigley Field, I'd watched a million Cubs games. But my first time at Wrigley Field, actually – and it's our anniversary. That's the day we started dating. We went to the home opener. We didn't mean to go together. We ended yeah. up going together. That's like a long story. Yeah. But uh, our anniversary is my first Cubs game and is a Cubs home opener. That's how we started dating. April 8th, 2019. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Cubs and more like the Chicago fandom really has always been in my family. And I know I made this joke before, but it's true. Like I grew up with a dog named Ditka. Like we are <laughs> a Chicago family, even though we were in North Carolina and Minnesota. And then I was in Florida. Like, we were always psycho fans. So I think I felt more comfort. Like it was more fun to finally like, you know, when you go to Target Walmart and they have like the teams, the local teams hanging up. It was so fun to not see like Vikings crap. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh my gosh, there's, there's bear yeah. shirts at Walmart. This is awesome. Yeah. So I like, I loved finally like home field advantage finally in my life. Like I don't have to worry about if the TV is going to have the game or not. Like, I don't have to go to a Buffalo oh. Wild Wings. Like, I can watch it at home. It has the, it has the game. Oh, yeah, it, it has, has the, game the game for sure. So, it, it was really fun. It felt more like I was coming home than anything, not like this big change, you know? Well, well, that's good because your save the date for your wedding is actually Cubs-themed. So, it you is. had to have had some Chicago roots to to allow this guy to do that. I had to – now, listen, for full disclosure, as I was podcast here, I don't think we're pressed for time. I don't think commercial breaks oh. coming up. God. We, I had to press this girl on this because I had the idea of the W flag being flown on the beach in Mexico. And she was like, no way are we doing this. And I had to. Like, here's the thing. I, my life, I'm going to be honest with you, is kind of the Justin show because oh. I became a full-time stepmom because of his son, his whole family's here. His whole, it's kind of like his schedule, his stuff, his schedule, his stuff. His, and I'm like, our damn wedding invites are not going to be, it's not going to be, you know, freaking Cubs face over my head. Like I want to be in the invites for crying out loud. So we hired a, a photographer down in Mexico mm -hmm. at the resort and she gave me one picture. She goes, we can do that flag with Once. one picture. We did probably 50 other pictures without the flag, like a couple poses and everything. And we yeah. got the pictures back and bro, I mean, it was by far and away the best one, but I, she didn't want to admit it at first. And she's like, well, no, no, fine. It's the best. I mean, it was because it is a really cool picture. I mean, it's the W flag. We had a caption. It says W stands for wedding. Yeah. You know, we, we tied it all together. Yes. But I mean, the, the odds were against me, but somehow we made it happen. And our save the date is the W flag on the beach in Mexico. The funniest part, though, like probably we have to understand is like, even though I grew up a Chicago fan, I like lived in Florida and all that. So I have a lot of friends from like Florida who don't care about baseball. So they were like, Dude, they really wanted like everyone to know like W stood for wedding. Like, why do you have a wedding flag? Like, they are like this went out to so many people who does like don't understand yeah. what that means. Yeah. So, like, that was great to explain <laughs> to all of our wedding guests. Well, the the good thing though is that the, this Cubs coupledom worked out for you guys because you were able to parlay that into the MVP show. For those of yes. you that don't know, I told you to watch because I was on it. But the MVP show stands for Most Valuable Partner. Yes. And yes. that was a game show that you guys came up with and pitched to Marquee. Tell our viewers about it, those uh, who were not kind enough to watch me on it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so the MVP game, uh, we are in our first season. We're very excited. Uh, yes. it's, it's a Cubs show, a Cubs game show. Kind of like 
Uh, the first round is kind of like the newlywed game back mm -hmm. in the day, but then there's uh, multiple rounds that are all very, very different. Yeah, most valuable partner. That's what MVP, MVP stands for. Yes. And ultimately, the super fan like Crawley, you win or get tickets or succeed on how well your partner, your significant other, your girlfriend, your mom, your sister, yes. uh, your best friend, how well they do yeah. is how well you do in the game. So and, it's um, kind of fun for the super fan to sit there in pain. Yeah. Well, they're MVP because like, like you, you know did. you would know everything. Like you did during yeah. the round, round two with your uh, beautiful wife, Shannon. Yes. Yeah, she 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 got a couple that stunned me because I was like, oh, God. Yes. Like once I heard a couple of the questions, I'm like, oh, no. And she got a couple right. Yeah. I didn't think. But that's the fun thing about it, too, is that it shoots at Old Crow. And we had a lot of fun friends. You know, a lot of friends that are just the neighborhood bleacher bums and guys that are just around yeah. always yeah. just kind of pop in and go to the show. And, and so far, you guys have had, you know, just a lot of uh, familiar faces, obviously. Uh, Stuart McVicker from Club 400. Yeah. I know you had Coach D and Tammy on. You had Lauren Wisdom and her dad on. Yeah. You had Nacho and Mike from uh, Fowler's Howlers. Uh -huh. So you guys have had like a who's who of people that are known in the Cubs community. Yeah. Now, are, are you switching over to the Bears, I saw? Yeah, yeah, it, no, we it. were really, we were really excited. It kind of, it came out of nowhere, but the Cubs, uh, I think it's safe to say the Marquee Network has really enjoyed the show because yes. they've given us more. And they played, by the way, your episode probably like 25 oh times. Oh my gosh, so. it's always like <laughs> Really fast before you describe the Bears thing, uh, we had shot the one so they could approve it, but then because of scheduling conflicts, we couldn't shoot episodes two through now until like, I think a month later. Yeah. So all they had was your episodes. So and your they kept going and been, going and every day. Yeah, man, you've been on a lot more than the other episodes, but yes. anyways, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we were really excited. Um, uh, Marquis has moved into the Bears space just a little bit. They've expanded, you know, when the baseball season ends, yeah, the they like to expand yeah. on other sports. And they, uh, they were really interested in our show. And we were like, do you want a Bears version of it? And <laughs> yeah, they signed us up for two episodes to kick off. So, uh, no pun intended. But we have two films. They haven't aired just yet. Right. Within the next few weeks here, those will start. And we think that's just the beginning because next year they'll be ready for that. So I think yeah. next year there'll be a much larger chunk of Bears episodes yeah. and a larger chunk of Cubs episodes. So. Yeah, this will always be started as and will always be a Cubs show as long as Marquee wants it, right? So like we are... We are exclusive to Marquee. We love Marquee. They've been great yes. partners. They've Amazing said, people. They've said no to nothing. So, like, yeah. we love them, for real. Um, and, but we are thinking of expansion when it comes to, like, you know, possibly we go maybe to New York and mm -hmm. do, like, a Yankees version or a Dodgers version in L.A. It could be wrapped around whatever team market we go to, although we promise you we'll never do the White Sox and we'll never yes. do the Cardinals. <laughs> that will never, ever happen. Let, 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 let's, let's kind of tease this out, Justin. Like, because next year is the first season in MLB history that all 30 teams are facing each other. Yeah. So you could definitely go because I always find it hilarious. Like, you guys are both Cub fans, all good. I could never imagine having a wife or a partner that would be a White Sox fan. Right. So yeah. maybe you head down there and you do see if there are – you know, those houses that are divided. That might be well, fun think, to kind of see. You know, I think maybe that's a great great idea to, to parlay on that. I think maybe one episode where it is that crosstown rivalry where maybe like the that husband's a cup fan really and the right or vice versa. That might be kind of fun. Um I actually like a little bit of a spoiler alert. Um in our Bears episode, somebody came on, they were the super fan, and their partner was actually a Cowboys yeah. fan. Yeah, at least he wasn't a Packers fan. So it truly is a fun show. And, and one, one aspect that I enjoy about it is, is that when the, the when you guys go on the street to interview yeah. fans as they're kind of streaming uh, down Clark Street. Yes. Now, I got to ask, is, is there a uh, are there a blooper reel slash uncensored version that uh, doesn't make it to air sometimes? No. I'll tell you what, Marquee is a very family-friendly network. There are things, there were times early on when we were doing this uh, Partners on the Street like you're talking about, there were times that um, uh, somebody would curse, like a, a fan would curse, and we'd beep it out, obviously, yes. for TV, but then we sent it to Marquee, and they're like, listen, we don't even want the beep outs. Like, this, we don't want anything, you know, and, and credit to them. I get it. Family-friendly, we get they it. They didn't want somebody yeah. to hear kind of like this beeping in the background, and then they start to wonder, like, oh, what's on air for my kids, right? Even right. though we weren't putting anything inappropriate, they didn't want to create that wonder. They want this to continue to be a family network because, you know, the Cubs really do bring everybody together, right? So they wanted to make sure that they could continue that. And we do respect that, but we've had to push the boundaries a few times. Like, is this appropriate? Is right. this appropriate? But right. we really would love to put out a, a blooper reels feature because the things that you we hear – 
No, we are like off the bat. We're like, we can't even beat that. That's what we But it's hilarious. Well, because you're getting a lot of fans that are coming, especially after a game. Yeah. They've been drinking all game or they're from the bars. Drink. So you're getting some some buzzed fans. Yes. And they don't have filters whatsoever. And they don't realize you can't curse on TV or say certain things yeah. on TV. But that, I'll be honest, it's probably, I mean, we love our entire show. But that part in particular is so much fun to shoot because you just never know. The comedy is different in every episode because you don't know what couple's going to say what. And, and I mean, how, how they don't know somebody's birthday is beyond me, but it happens <laughs> all the time. Oh, my gosh. People do not know their significant other's birthdays, anniversary. Like, it, it, like we were like, we're not going to be able to find anybody. And it's like most of the people are making that mistake. It's crazy. Yeah. And well, I, 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 I looked I look, I look out because Shannon's birthday is March so I knew it was in March, but it's 23. So you can think about all the Chicago numbers yeah, are 23. Yes. So I can totally not screw that up. All I got to think is Sandberg, Jordan, my wife. There you I go. There's a few times because I'm April 24th. Yeah. And there's been a few times where you've made the comment like 23rd, right? We started dating. And that's probably why. Well, actually, that's I, probably exactly why. I've never told you. I know that it's not 23 because of Rhino and Jordan. So I, yeah. I now know it's 24th. Like, I, like he mentally is like, it. not Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. It, 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 it's all good. So is, is the marquee, you said they're going to keep airing it. Is there a certain time that people can tune in and watch the mark, uh, the, the MVP game? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it, I don't know when this podcast is dropping, so it's hard for me to tell you exactly. Like, yeah. like episode six drops dropping tomorrow. tomorrow. All right, okay. cool. So, so then drops today. So the then, new episode drops yeah, today. Today, so our latest episode drops today um, at seven p.m. on the Marquee Sports Network. Yeah. Now, the cool thing about them is they replay it a bunch of times, so it's gonna uh, it debuts tonight at seven mm-hmm. p.m. But then it'll be again, it'll be on again Sunday night at seven thirty p.m. Yes. Um, and then the older episodes also kind of sprinkle in there as well. So it is on a lot. Uh, we're thankful for each and every time. Uh, I would on. argue that almost daily we are on. So what I would recommend is set your DVRs just to record all the episodes <laughs> of the MVP game. Yeah. You know, kind of like how people do with Saturday Night Live, yeah. et cetera. Then you can make sure you catch all. You know, we're really good on socials about telling people when new episodes come out and when it's going to be out. So you can just follow us at the MVP game. Uh, on all social media, Instagram, yes. Facebook, Twitter, at the MVP game, or Kenzie and Roman, or individually, Kenzie K on air. Live and if you want to be on the show, you don't need to be a who's who of Chicago by any means. It's just that a lot of them were the first to yeah. jump on applying. Like, you guys were the first application we ever received. Right. So you can apply at the themvpgame.com. Yes. It's just right there. Apply to be on the show. You don't need a million followers. Like, we bring in – we just want awesome fans on the show. And I can tell you, every time I watch, I scream at the TV. But but just just because I'm like oh no it's Todd Hollinsworth how do you not know that I just start like freaking out but like right. it, it's it's hard when you're on there because when the lights are on and all of yeah. a sudden you know the the DJ's playing and you you know yeah. you're just kind of like it's, it's a totally different vibe so it is. It, it is it is I love watching the show to me it, it it's something for me that's just so much fun to watch and be like I was on it I know what it's like and then seeing other people and and it's really cool that you know because. Like I said, I've had other friends on there that have shared it with their friends, and it's just kind of cool. It gives you like a good Chicago vibe, is my opinion. Nice. So I love the show, and 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 guys, I really appreciate you coming on. And next time, any project you have, would love to hear about it. Awesome. Uh, you're always welcome Thank on the Fly the W podcast, Justin. You said I never had you on during well, the we're show. On. Now you're on. Wait, what what episode number is this? This is episode number 53. Okay. We had you on our first, first episode of first, all time. Yeah. Thank you for having us on episode 53. Yeah. I appreciate it. Hey, you, you are welcome. You did follow Pat Hughes and Jeremiah Paprocki. So now maybe maybe you're kind of considered, now that we're more like big league, you guys are kind of in like okay. the, the A-list, A-list guests. So okay. more people would hear us, okay. you know? Gotcha. Right. Thank you, man. We appreciate all your support. You're always tweeting it out and everything, even the yeah, ones you're not so on. Yeah, we so appreciate it. So thank you, bro. We, thank we appreciate you. you, man. Good talking to you guys, and I know we'll see you again soon. Absolutely. Go, go, go! <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast, season three, episode 53, Cubs Winter Meeting Madness, we're calling this one. And uh, we are now going to start breaking down what's happening out in San Diego at these winter meetings. And we remind you to listen, download, review, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. All right, Crowley, the winter meetings are getting going just as we are setting up to uh, record this podcast. And they will last from this Sunday all the way through the 7th of December. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So there's going to be some excitement. Every day of the winter meetings has something. And there's going to be a lot of coverage on MLB Network. Uh, I, I'm going to check and see what Marquee has. But uh, Sunday, December 4th, today, when we are recording at 7 p.m. Central, so in about 45 minutes, the results from the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee election will be re- announced. There are 16 members uh, on the Hall of Fame board-appointed electees. So this replaced the old Veterans Committee, right? So the Veterans Committee was designed to uh, right the wrongs, guys that missed out and maybe shouldn't have. And so just there's a lot of names on here, some Cubs that, uh, that may interest you who are on this uh, 16-member committee. Greg Maddox, former Cub, Brian Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas from the South Side, uh, Theo Epstein, and Kenny Williams from the South Side. So a lot of connections. Now, these are the guys that are on the ballot, Dustin. Albert Bell, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, Dale Murphy, Raphael Palmero, Kurt Schilling are all on the ballot. Not on the ballot? Somebody's missing. Somebody's missing, Crawley. <laughs> That's, I mean, is Tom Ricketts, is, is Tom Ricketts the chairman of this, uh, this committee? His, his name's not on here? I mean, if, if you're going to have all those other names, why in the world would you not also have Sammy Sosa's name on it? Obviously, you know, Sammy played 18 season for four teams, including the Cubs and White Sox. Career 273 batting average, 2,408 hits, 609 home runs, 1,667 RBIs, and 14, uh, 1,475 runs, a career war of 58. This is, it doesn't make sense, especially, okay, you know, you have Rafael Palmero. He tested positive. He tested right. positive. And he, like, and, look, and he lied about it. Right. Under oath tested in positive front of Congress. And lied about it. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I, I just don't get it because, you know, when you talk about it, okay, so you're a guy that got caught, but Sammy Sosa's not on there. That doesn't make any sense. Obviously, no. Doesn't make Sammy any Sosa. sense at all. None, zero. This Look, it's we, very upsetting, Crawley. Very upsetting. We're not we're not going to pretend to know what Sosa did or didn't do, um, but the point of it is, he never tested positive for anything in his career. Now, I'm not saying he took Flintstone vitamins like he used to say, but I will say that <laughs> don't tell me that Barry Bond, Roger Clemens was in court. Barry Bonds was in court. Okay, Palmero was like I said, the test. It just you can't put. Bonds, Clemens, you know, Palmero, and no Sosa. And so I don't know if anybody's familiar. If you go to your baseball reference page, right? If you go to baseball reference, they have something that's called a similarity score. And what that is, is that they look at the numbers and they compare them to see like who they are most similar to. Okay. So what, what players would Sammy Sosa be most similar to? If you're taking a look at that. So when I look at the similarity scores for Sammy Sosa, okay, these are the players that they have as being kind of the most uh, similar to Sammy Sosa. And the thing is, Dustin, they are all Hall of Famers. Every single one of of them that Sammy Sosa that they have linked to. So how can you tell me that Sammy Sosa isn't on this list? I just, I, I don't. You know, everybody sits there and and gives them crap and all that other stuff. Uh, him and uh, him and uh, McGuire, right? And, and and you know, just they saved baseball. I don't care what anybody says. That's always going to be where I stand. And to to sit there Absolutely. and pretend like 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 this doesn't matter, like you're just erasing. I'm not. I know Sammy Sosa is not the greatest guy in the world, the greatest human being in the world. He's got his issues, much like a lot of these players do. But you can't tell me that when when you are looking at this that he is not, when you look at the numbers, that's it, just the numbers, right? If you didn't, if you didn't look at anything else, you didn't have his name next to it. And then again, if you, here are the guys most similar to him, Jim Tomey, Mike Schmidt, Reggie Jackson, 
Ken Griffey Jr., Harmon Killebrew, Eddie Matthews, Mickey Mantle, Willie Stargell, Gary Sheffield, and Willie McCovey. Out of those 10 guys, the only one not in the Hall of Fame is Gary Sheffield, and those names I read off are some of the biggest names in baseball. Absolutely. Now, Crawley, just so for myself and for the listeners, that, that group of names from Albert Bell through Kurt Schilling that you went over, are one of those guys getting in for sure? Does this group Will this group appoint somebody in no matter what, or do they do they have to? Are they required to? Could they? How does that work? No, they if no if they don't get the majority, then they, that's not going to happen. If there's no okay. uh, there's a certain percentage, and if you don't get that, then no. So there are a lot of people that kind of feel that Fred McGriff is the guy that has the best chance on that list. Whether that ha- happens or not, I'm not sure. First thing when I say Fred McGriff, what do you think of? Crime dog. Okay. Second thing. Second thing. Then. He remind you know what? Honestly, I was a what kid. What comes to I was, mind when I say Fred McGriff? What What do you see? What, I, I see. I, I see him. I see myself super excited. That the Cubs got him, and so he's on a long list of baseball players that the Cubs got past their prime. But I recognized their name and was super excited. <laughs> it's not the Tom Amansky home video to make you a better baseball player as a little yeah. leaguer. That's a first. I oh, I just I think of that in. In Fred wearing like a, a a ball cap and like a powder blue T-shirt or something, pointing at you in the screen. Uh, no, just, uh, Tom, the Tom Amansky video is what I always think of when I think of Fred McGriff. So I there's all these guys that I got excited through as a Cub fan growing up, and I remember, oh my God, we got Fred McGriff, we're going all the way. What yeah. we got? No more Garcia Parra. Look oh, out! Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. What we got? Goose Gossage. All right, you know, just guys that you just sat there and you were so excited about. It. I remember just being. I was at the, like one of the first games McGriff played in, and and people had their crime dog signs, and I, I just remember being there and being so super excited. But of course, it didn't work out. <laughs> All right, so that's what's happening on Sunday. How about Monday the fifth? Monday, they reveal the all MLB team at 7 p.m. Central Time. MLB Network will present the first team and second uh, team choices of the best performers in 2022 as determined by fan votes and a panel of media members, broadcasters, former players, and other officials. As exciting as that sounds, the big one, Dustin, Tuesday, December 6th. Okay, MLB Network for the first time will air live coverage of the MLB draft lottery at 7.30 p.m. The Cubs have a 1% chance of getting the first pick. So cross your fingers. This is the first time they're ever doing the draft lottery because what they're trying, this was from the last CBA, they're trying to disincentivize tanking. So if you all of a sudden just completely tank and get the worst record, that no longer guarantees you the number one draft pick. So the order of the first six selections in the 2023 draft will be decided at this lottery. The rest of the 12 teams that did not make the postseason are going to be, uh, they're going to pick in order of their 2022 win percentage. Yeah, this is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, you know, I don't know. What was that the old tale about Michael Jordan? Wasn't it like the cold envelope? (laughs) Yes, yes, the frozen envelope, yeah. Now, also... Earlier in the day, we talked about this on the last podcast. They're going to have the Reliever of the Year Award, AL and NL, no big deal, whatever. But the Ford Frick Award winners will be announced. Uh, we, we had Pat Hughes on the podcast. That was a fantastic interview. And uh, the guy that grew up telling me, for all you youngsters out there, Steve Stone, <laughs> used to be with the Cubs and now with the White Sox. So both of those guys are nominated. Um, both very deserving of the award. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Dustin, to be honest, I have butterflies in my stomach, man, just because of what happened last time. Like I said, with that Hawk Harrelson trauma. So I, I just, I just want to see Pat get it. I, he's so great. He's so wonderful. He's such a good guy. He's so good at what he does. If you listen to the podcast that we had his, uh, CD series about old time broadcasters, all the greats that he does MLB voices. It's just, he, he is He's a special character, man, and it's just I just want him to enjoy the fruits of his labor. Yeah, he's good people. I I'm with you. I really hope that he uh, that he does get that call, and that will be uh, on Tuesday. Then we move into the final day of these meetings, Wednesday, December the seventh. All right, there's reason to be nervous and reason to be excited. That is what we we we've had a couple shows about the Rule Five Draft. 
Remember, the Rule 5 draft permits teams to pick up certain minor league players who have not been protected by being placed on the 40-man roster. So we already know which Cubs are on the 40-man roster and other teams can't uh, take those players. But a team that's uh, selected a player in the Rule 5 draft must pay the team of origin 100000 and they have to keep the claimed player on the 26-man roster for the duration of the upcoming season. Or they have to play him on waivers, and if the player clears waivers, he's offered back to the club from where he was claimed for fifty thousand dollars, so half the price. So it, it's a risk because you can't, you know, obviously you know with like especially like with rosters and the amount of pitchers that you have, that pr- player has to be on the entire year. You can't be like, oh, they got to go back to the minors. That's it. You're stuck with them for the year. So it is a huge commitment. It's a huge gamble. So two co- baseball of America updated its list of dru- rule five draft prospect, which guys they think they are. There are two Cubs minor leaguers who were listed as possible draft prospects. Giovanni Cruz, who's a right-handed pitcher for the South Bend Cubs and Denise Correa, a right-handed pitcher who played for the Smokey and the Iowa Cubs. So those are the guys right now that um, have the most potential of being drafted. And, and, and again, we'll see what, what, if the Cubs, you know, this is, a good time to pick up a reliever. You know what I mean? And, and you look at teams that have really stocked systems. Those are the ones that have the most to lose by the rule five draft. So, you know, maybe the Cubs pick someone up. You don't have to. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be an exciting first full week of December Crowley. We will keep everybody uh, up to date. What is happening? Cubs make a move, follow us on social media, and uh, we'll always be ready to roll with a uh, emergency podcast. Should the, uh, News warn it, but that's a wrap. Season one, episode fifty-three, Cubs Winter Meeting Madness, is in the books. Crowley, tell us again how to uh, follow, like, and share these podcasts. Yeah, you can you can go to any of our social media sites, and the podcasts are up there. Fly the W six seventy on Instagram and Twitter. Fly the W on Facebook, or you could email us at fly the W six seventy at gmail dot com. Like, subscribe, rate, and then it, it's going to be great. The, um, you know, it was kind of a little bit quiet now, but there's going to be all sorts of no's. And we're going to be, uh, after the winter meetings are done, we're going to have another podcast. And as Dustin said, if anything exciting breaks, we're going to be there because we love the damn Cubs. Yep, I'm all for it. Let's, uh, let's hope for an emergency podcast early, uh, early this week, probably. Yeah, let's do it. Go Cubs. Go Cubs. It's all over. 